This is the Unstoppable Authors Podcast with world-building warrior Angeline Trevina, planning and productivity powerhouse Holly Line, and formatting fireball Julia Scott. Every week we bring you discussions on the craft of writing, author life and business, and interviews with some of the industry's most unstoppable authors. A writer's life doesn't have to be solitary. We're here to bust that myth, support you on your journey, and encourage you to be unstoppable. Welcome to episode 113 of the Unstoppable Authors podcast and today we're talking all about our experiences of working with editors. Before we get into the main topic we are checking in it's the end of the month so it's accountability time and so we're gonna just talk about what we've done this month as a big personal update kind of a combination of sections this this week so Angeline do you want to kick us off how has your accountability gone this month and what have you been up to well I did it I finished Stead Yard in time for Amazon's pre-order deadline just (laughs) yay (laughs) I finished I finished editing the book with just over 24 hours spare not that was not including formatting but honestly like I can just do that really quick so I did um and I know I know sometimes formatting is a pain in the butt but uh yeah I I've done it a lot so I can do it quite fast now as long as it's not playing hinky jinks which obviously tech does sometimes um but like Stedyard completely engulfed September for me so I didn't do anything else at all and now I'm trying to rest but oh my goodness my idea of resting is not very restful (laughs) (laughs) I am just running here there and everywhere doing other stuff um but the Steadyard release was as we're recording it is was today um when this episode goes out it was September the 23rd and yeah, honestly, I didn't I didn't do anything for the release at all. I just post I, I sent a newsletter out and I post on social media. But honestly, I'm I'm just too tired. <laughs> too tired and kind of fed up of the whole thing. Um but I I don't tend to do big launches anyway, because um, well, for one thing, it's just one day in the life of that book. So as indie authors, we kind of, we hugely rely on selling our back catalogue rather than constant releases. You know, releases are like a boost, but we rely on making our money through our back catalogue. So I never make a huge thing of releases. Um, Also, because my fiction is stupid genre mashup that's impossible to market. Um, I don't really do big releases. Also, because I'm kind of lazy. And I can't be bothered um, <laughs> as well. So, but anyway, um, so I've very quietly released Steadyard, just sort of let it slide out the door. Um, I was I was saying to a friend of mine today, I could probably do an entire podcast on the mistakes I've made with this book. <laughs> I really could. It's horrendous. How do you feel now that it's 
done? Um, out there and done. Nothing. Oh come on. <laughs> it's I know. I I should feel like this huge relief or like cel- be celebrating and stuff, but I just feel blah. <laughs> I'm just exhausted. I just I really am. And there's no rest for the wicked, I'm afraid, because uh this w- weekend, well, as we're recording it's this weekend when this podcast goes out, it was last weekend (laughs) i i am attending my first ever fantasy con which is a writing convention hosted by the british fantasy society of which i am a member and i'm speaking on two panels one on magic systems and one about settings in urban fantasy so it's a full weekend and i've never done a full weekend convention before i only go to single day ones and basically have like you know like event hangover the next day Mm. (laughs) I get that really bad Holly knows because Holly and I went to Edge Lit together in must have been 2019 must it and we both had really bad event hangover (laughs) we did and uh, that's after one day this is a whole weekend so I'm it's Friday through till Sunday is it local or do you have to travel? Luckily, this one is local. They they hold FCON in a different place in the UK every every year. Obviously, it didn't run last year, but like 2019, it was in Glasgow. Um, but this one's in Birmingham, so it's literally down the road for me. And so I, I have no excuse not to go. And I love hotels. Two nights in hotel. <laughs> that's what I'm most excited about I love staying in hotels so much plus this particular hotel apparently has a Costa in it so I'm made (laughs) I'm quite happy but I am going to be exhausted and it will probably take me a week to recover so don't expect to see or hear much of me next week at all Noted. Yep. <laughs> we will delegate your um, social media posting duties to the tours. <laughs> no, there will be nothing. I, you know, I'll just be ghosting the entire world. <laughs> Fair enough. And your other thing on accountability was a new world building project. Yeah, hush. Shh. Well, I'm just asking um, because it's written down. <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't done it. Like I say, Stedyard absolutely consumed this month and now I've mm. got FCON happening all weekend and then after that what well, we've only got like four days left of September after that where the hell did September so, go I don't get I it. don't know, I know. It, it was eaten oh, <laughs> <horrible>. <laughs> yeah I don't know mm. okay Julia um you said you were going to work on formatting client work this feels um, very attacking <laughs> you <yeah>. said <laughs> <laughs> well it's because angelina only had the sort of the big kind of finished stead yard so that was quite like but you you had a few things on your accountability i'm sweating i'm panicking like, yeah, yeah so go on. spotlight yeah. on you so your your client work finishing the first draft of book three yeah. and and I love this, work out a sustainable yet flexible schedule for myself and my kids so there's a good balance of work, play and rest. 
I'm dying to know how you got on. <laughs> oh, when I was writing out notes to, to kind of answer these, I wrote ish for that last one, <laughs> <laughs> which is the total cop out. Um, work out sustainable yet flexible schedule for myself and my kids. So there's a good balance of work to play and rest. Um, I haven't worked out a schedule. I kind of, I'm the kind of person who, who loves the idea of a schedule and loves the idea of knowing what I'm doing each day and, um, you know, time blocking and all of that stuff. I'm going to do this then and I'm going to do that then. I love the idea of that, but the practicality of that, I don't know, it just falls apart. I'm, I'm, I, I'm just not that person to stick to something like that. And I've learned that over the years. Now, I said ish because I have made sure to rest and take time out. I haven't been like sometimes when I get formatting jobs, I'll just I'll just keep going and keep going and keep going and keep going, and keep going till it's done. And I'll get it done a lot faster than the clients expect. But that's because I've like stayed up till 11 o'clock at night doing it. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, so this time I've made sure to kind of not not carry on working after dinner, basically. Um, so yeah, I have, I have been spending time with the kids and my son started secondary school recently. So, you know, I've wanted to focus on making sure he's settling well. And he is apart from the fact that he hates rugby. <laughs> he <laughs> hates it. He does not like other kids throwing themselves at him. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I think I've, you know, sometimes I still think maybe I should make a schedule, but because my health has been so up and down some days, I just can't stick to a schedule like that and I think actually that's okay that's my life right now um I'll just I'll catch up another time when I feel better so yeah um I'm working backwards on this so finishing off the first draft of book three I don't really want to talk about it <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm gonna tell you this quote that I got from Lindsay Hall she quoted on a post of mine on Instagram and she said this self-publishing life is like a runaway train. You're either speeding along, unable to catch your breath, or you step off for a second and can't get back on. And I was mm. like, that is so true. And yeah, I, feel I, like like, I feel like, I feel like even with the drafting of, of book three, um, that I was kind of, I was, ste I was steaming along, you know, everything was going great. I was doing writing every day pretty much. And then I stepped off the train. And now I just can't seem to get back on. I did do some words last night, but um, I don't know. I'm just really struggling to end it for some reason. And I don't know if it's because it's an ending. I've never written a proper ending before. Like I've, I've obviously written the ending of two books, but they're cliffhangers that carry on to the next book. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I'm good at that, but I don't know if I'm that good at like bringing everything together and kind of ending a story. So I guess we'll find out soon um, <laughs> if I'm good at that or not. Would it oh, yeah. help to like have a consultation with a developmental editor maybe? Potentially, yeah. Um, I guess I feel like I just need to push myself to write the ending even if it's crap. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. at least I have something to work with. I don't think the ending is going to be crap. I don't know if it's just like fear holding me back. Like what are people going to think of this? Or maybe it's just because I'm stressed out in life in general. I don't know, but I am. Yeah. I didn't finish it this month. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> I 
going to say, yeah, it's probably both of those things. Yeah, probably. And then formatting client work, to be honest, I've stayed on top of it and I made it a priority. I've still got stuff I'm working on, but it's going really well. So yeah, like that's, that's been successful. I've had quite a few clients this month, which is nice. Um, yeah, all different genres and different styles. So it's been good. That, that bit's good. Good. Yeah. How about you, Holly? Damn, I was just about to say, moving on. No. <laughs> you said <laughs> word generating activities five days per week with actual words commencing near the start of the month. Yeah, no. Um, I've probably done, well, I, I would say probably, of course, I have a tracker in my bullet journal, but I'm not looking it up because, quite frankly, I don't want to. Um, I think I've done word generating activities about five days total all month. Um, no words have commenced. <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh, it's September and it's um, oh, I'm going to get all emotional. I, I did warn you before we started recording. Um, so I'm in burnout again. Um, and I really only properly accepted that today. Mm. And uh, so I'm reading Becca Symes book, Dear Writer, Are You in Burnout? Um, I read her, Dear Writer, You Need to Quit um, earlier this year, which I loved. Um, and someone, I can't remember who, bought me Burnout for my birthday. And <laughs> oh, is that a hint? <laughs> it was one of my nearest and dearest. Um, so, yeah. And for like, because I had had quite a good run in August, despite everything. So for some context for people who may have missed my previous updates, we moved house twice in eight days in August. Our cat Misty was declared terminal. He somehow revived and he's still with us and he's he's actually in quite good health, Touchwood now. But um that's been a roller coaster of stress and um, insanity. Um We've been dealing with a medical diagnosis in the family. Um, there's, there's been a lot. And oh, really fantastic, wonderful, good, exciting thing is singing in public with my band. We had a gig at the start of August and then another one at the start of September. So August we were preparing for the September one. So, which is brilliant. And I enjoyed all of that, but very stressful. And, and I, it's, not the work I haven't burnt out on work because I haven't been working that much but I've burnt out on life it's just been it's been a lot and it's um, been a lot yeah um and we're living away from home which you know we've been where we are now for five weeks and it's it's comfy it's you know we've made it like home but it's not home yeah. you know what I mean it's it's just not and so there are little stresses that come with that um and stresses about the house like you know our house you know is we're coming into the wet season it's got no roof right now you know like you know I mean there's there's stresses there are Mm. stresses um and yeah I could ramble forever but essentially yeah I've done no work Uh, I don't want to every time I think about working on a book I just nope out I'm just like nope not doing but it. I think perhaps you might need to embrace the fact that being an indie author 
you know is a strength in this situation because you can step away from your stuff yeah. and come back to it and that's okay yeah um, yeah and the fact is just a couple of weeks ago I was quite excited about two different projects so this this burnout has come very suddenly it's not like it was a long slow slide I was fine a couple of weeks ago I mean fine fine in the context of I was still under all this stress and recovering from burnout in January so I was being really gentle with myself about what I was expecting of myself so it's not been a massive slide down into this burnout it's more like a missed step it's more like like Becca Syme uses the analogy of a pit and you have to build a ladder to get out of the pit and it's more like I've missed a rung on the ladder and dropped back down um so I'll be fine and I think I think because I've acknowledged it and recognized it I can start taking action straight away to recover again and Um, it's accepting it and not beating yourself up over it yeah yeah because life happens and life can be rough yeah so yeah that's me (laughs) um just um I I may as well say it here but I'm participating in the next level authors quarterly challenge I'm gonna have to juggle some eggs next week because I have failed my challenge miserably and that's the forfeit is juggling eggs so Dan Sasha if you listen (laughs) sorry actual eggs yeah yeah, I thought you meant it metaphorically. I know, literal <laughs> eggs. Yeah, the uh, the challenge, the forfeit for the last challenge was the cinnamon challenge to eat a teaspoon no. of cinnamon, and I I succeeded in that one, but this one is is juggling eggs. And Rather Dan be the wants eggs than the cinnamon. Yeah, mm. Dan wants someone to do it on a carpeted floor. Um, but thankfully where we're staying has all hardwood floors so um, sorry Dan if you're listening it's not going to be carpet that gets ruined so which is helpful considering it's not your house <laughs> yeah it can just mop it yeah because yeah. I can't juggle <laughs> just, just to clarify if I could juggle it wouldn't be a problem <laughs> but I can't so oh. anyway that's me oh. <laughs> So we'll move on to goals for October. Oh my God, how is it October soon? What? What? <laughs> how? Why? No, 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 there must be a few more months between September and October, right? That would be handy, really, <laughs> if you think about it. I could do with some more. <laughs> I think we all could. I mean, especially this year. But yeah, oh. so Angeline, what about you? What are your goals for October? Uh, so I want to focus on nonfiction for October. Um, I want to start work on an expanded second edition of 30 Days of World Building. Mm. I'm not going to say that I'll finish it in October, but I definitely want to have started on it. Uh, Beyond that, I'm going to catch up on tons of admin stuff that I've neglected. Um, Watching videos from all those online courses that I've bought. I've never had the time to actually work through them. And I also want to do lots and lots of reading because I, oh, I've like so seriously neglected reading over like the past two years. Yes. And yeah, I want to get back to that. So easily done, isn't it? Oh, yeah. When, when <laughs> you're busy with all the other stuff, yeah. Yeah, like when, when we went into the first lockdown last March, I was halfway through 
a trilogy by M.R. Carey, who is one of my favourite authors, and I just haven't been able to finish it. I just haven't. I've barely read any fiction at all, other than children's fiction to my kids. <laughs> so, yes, I want to read some more fiction, get back to that. Julia, yeah. how about you? Um, am I allowed to say finish my first draft again? Yes. <laughs> and maybe the more times I say it, the more likely it is to happen. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to promise lots of things because then I'll have to say, oh, yeah, I haven't done it next month. <laughs> <laughs> so I do want to finish my first draft and, and start on edits, really. Um, and that's the focus is just to keep my head in the game because it's really hard to keep my head in the game right now. How far off that first draft do you think you are? Um, I'm closing in on 50,000 words and I my my books end up being about 80,000, but I don't know mm. if this one's going to reach that and I'm not panicking if it doesn't. I tend to be an underwriter, so mm. I, reckon, I, I reckon another 20, 25,000 words will finish it for now and then I'll probably add more in the, in the next draft. Um, so it's not far off, really. Yeah, so for October, that would be like around about a thousand words a day. Yeah, see, I'd rather just like hammer it over a weekend. Yeah. <laughs> One of these oh, writers. yeah, you're a binger, aren't you? I'm just like, <laughs> oh, it's just easier just to get it done. Um, so potentially, yeah, no, I'll definitely do it. You can count on me for October. Yay. The end of October, I'll be like, yep, I did it. It's published and everything. No, I'm not really. Um, <laughs> you don't commit to that. <laughs> no, no, I won't. Um, but yeah, I want to have started on the editing, self-edits of it. So yeah, that, um, that's all I'm going to promise. <laughs> so Holly, how about you? Your goals for October? Um, I, or do you I not want do, to do any goals? I don't want to set any writing work goals um but what I will commit to um I really want to focus on um some health stuff I need mm. I need to eat better so my um what I've re recently started doing in my bullet journal I've changed how I track my habits and I now have like one primary habit that's my focus for the month and I've decided that cooking from scratch will be my focus and that's not to say I'm going to do it every day because burnout um energy pennies are low but I want to cook more so um and moving my body every day doing some form of exercise every day um so there's sort of my health goals and um and again like lots of forgiveness and if I don't move my body some days I'm not going to punish myself um, and I need energy pennies. So, um, I'm going to be inputting a lot like Angeline. I'm going to be reading. Um, I want to try and read two books. Normally I'm a book a month or rather I normally read two books, but one fiction, one nonfiction. I want to try and read two fiction books in October. Um, maybe two nonfiction as well, depending on the length, but we'll see. Um, yeah. And curating more what I watch being a bit more discerning about because I 
I get lost in my, you know, YouTube rabbit holes and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I really need to stop doing that. I need to be more conscious of what I'm inputting. So. So easily done at the moment. Yeah. So easily done. Yeah. The news and everything. Yeah. I tend to stay away from it. Yeah. So I already have, um, because I, I can't just have like a really woolly goal like that. I need to give it some structure. So um, I already have limits on my phone use, which is that I don't go on my phone for at least an hour after I wake up and I put it in flight mode an hour before I go to sleep. But I want to extend that to I don't want to go on social media at all in the mornings. Um, so I'll like check messages and stuff. Um and I have like a game that I play that I want to keep up with, but I'm not going on social media at all in the mornings in October. Sounds good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I better write those down. Um, <laughs> so that I remember. So yeah. That sounds like good goals. So fingers crossed we manage it all <laughs> by October. So we're going to move on to the question of the week now. And last week, I asked you, what piece of software for writing or publishing would you absolutely not be without? And what do you love about it? Brett uses Scrivener for writing and ProWriting Aid for editing and is looking forward to trying the new formatting software Atticus in the future. I need to check that one out. And Heather said she loves using Scrivener on her phone because she could write on her commute to work. So any cloud-based software could work for her. And that's what I love about Dabble Writer, actually. Jeffrey has used Microsoft Word for all eight of his books, and Melinda is the same. She said she's a traditionalist and she does everything with Word. Matthew, who publishes children's picture books, wouldn't be without Procreate, which is a drawing app he uses on his iPad, which is similar to Photoshop. Michelle says she uses ProWrite, which I've not heard of, actually, so I'll have to check that one out, too. Trip uses a word processor called Writer that's a simple black screen with green text. And Alexandra uses Plotter for plotting her stories. I definitely recommend that one too. Edwin is also a fan of Scrivener, but also uses a text editor on his phone to use when he's drafting new material on the fly. And Sarah loves Vellum, which makes her life so much easier. So yeah, lots of different software that helps our writing life. And I want to know, Holly and Angeline, what's your favourite software to use for writing and publishing? Well, I've... I know I'm pretty sure I've waxed lyrical about it on here before, but I use Juto for um, formatting my eBooks and it is so freaking user friendly, so simple. And I can just, I can format an eBook in like half an hour. Um, Love it. So good. Uh, Just getting into pro writing aid, um, finding my way around that. Really, really enjoying that a lot. And uh, yeah, like like other people who say they work, they write in um, Microsoft Word. I similar. I use LibreOffice, which is open source, totally compatible with Microsoft Office. Um, yeah, I've I've tried Scrivener, but you know, it just it's just not for me. Yeah, I must be a traditionalist too. <laughs> uh, for me, it's Scrivener. I I love it. Um, I've written everything for the last three years in Scrivener and I just I like having everything to get there in one place Um, and yeah I don't use all the features I know that is a big turn off for a lot of people I probably only use 
20, 25% of its features. Um, and I'm okay with that. Like, I, you know, you can just sort of pick and choose the bits that you like. So, Absolutely. yeah. And then I really like um, Draft Digital's um, formatting tool. It is really easy. It does the job. It's not anything mega special. It's not like what you can produce, Julia. But um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it does the job when you just, especially like if you're like for, because really all I've put out in the last year has been sort of, you know, small, like little novella type things and you read a magnet and, you know, stuff I don't want to spend lots of money on. So it's, yeah, yeah that does the job. Yeah, we like, we like quick and simple. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <absolutely. laughs> so this week, what we want to know is what do you look for in an editor? Mm. We have no new patrons this week, but a huge thank you to all of our current patrons. We really do appreciate the support. Patrons get early access to episodes, exclusive behind-the-scenes access to our off-air banter, as well as the warm, fuzzy feeling of supporting the podcast. If you'd like to support the show, you can do so for just £3 a month at patreon.com forward slash unstoppable authors. It would be really great if you could take a moment to share this episode on social media, grab a screenshot, share it directly from your podcast platform, or even take a selfie with it. Just remember to tag us so that we can share it too. It means so much to hear from our listeners and to know that you enjoy the show. And now we are going to move on to our main topic for today, which is all about working with editors. So first up, let's tackle the question, because saying that you don't have a professional editor go over your books is something that will receive gasps and uh, shocked expressions. <laughs> so why, why is it so important? to work with an editor oh because I mean you can self-edit and everyone should before they work with an editor but mm -hmm. you're too close to your own text you can't you can't see you know you can't see the wood for the trees so an extra pair of eyes on the work um is is just so important yeah, yeah. definitely because an, an editor has that level of distance and disconnect that there people have tricks for getting that themselves one that's often talked about is putting your manuscript away in a drawer and leaving it untouched for sometimes months some people do it um, time for that <laughs> I know I'm too impatient I'm no, like, I am I'm so impatient um other people get a screen reader to read it out in this like flat monotone robotic voice um some people will read it backwards um I I always read out loud definitely 100% I have to read it out loud um which is tiring on the voice but um, I find that I it forces me to slow down so I'm not skipping over words as I'm reading and it lets me hear the words so I can pick up like clunky word order or repeated words better and pro writing aid is a great tool as well which I'm using to help me but yeah um, so things that my editor can do that pro writing aid con is um tear my story to pieces pro writing aid is never gonna tell me oh i think you should change what happens in the plot here 
Um, so yeah, that that's a great thing about working with an editor. They they can be really mean about your story and to tear it to pieces in a way that you sometimes we're precious about our stories, aren't we? It's like paying to be punished. <laughs> it's like going to the dentist, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> yeah, like you know you have to do it, but it's painful at the same time. <laughs> but yes you're absolutely right it is and it can be incredibly painful and that's why it's good to have somebody unconnected to the project put you through that pain because you'd never do it yourself like when you an editor will make you kill your darlings won't they yeah (laughs) I mean why work with an editor um you need the well from from my point of view, starting out from nothing and never having written anything, I knew I needed an, an editor because I needed someone who knew what they were doing <laughs> because mm. I just didn't have a clue and I needed someone who who knew, obviously I knew what a book should sound like because I'm a reader, but, you know, someone who knows the ins and outs of things. I learned so much from working with my first editor, Um yeah, you do. You learn a lot, though, don't you? As you're going yeah. through the editing process, like I yeah. learn, I learn something new every time. Yes, but I, I'll apologise to my editor. I will never, ever learn when to use um, semicolons properly, <laughs> or I will never loosen up on my extreme overuse of commas. And I'm sorry, but I'm in love with the m dash and as much as he tries to um, whip me up into shape over those things, never going to happen. <laughs> uh, but then, but, but that's why I have an editor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we'll talk about, yeah, that finding that balance of you mm-hmm. know, keeping your voice and everything in a minute. Um, but I just wanted to add, like, yeah, like you don't, if you hire a good editor, you don't have to become a grammar expert. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying you shouldn't try to do your best, but, you know, like you don't have to obsess about it and worry about it. If you've mm-hmm. got an editor, they will help you. And if you have a good editor, they will do so in the right way for you. Yes, absolutely. Um, so, Holly, how did you find your editor? I asked for recommendations in the writing community and um, it's a bit hazy now because it's going back a few years. I've worked mm. with the same editor since 2014. Wow. Yeah, mm. seven years. Um, so, yeah, so I got recommendations and I approached a few people and um, got sample edits from a few people. And I really liked, uh, I work with Zoe Markham and I really liked her style and she was very keen to um, maintain my voice um, and she offered a good, a really good rate. Um, and she, because she charges by the hour, not by the word. So it's very much dependent on the quality of the manuscript that mm. you send her. Um, and yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's how I found my editor. Cool. How about, how about you? you, Julia? I, I've written three books well almost three we don't talk about that and have three different editors so um yeah it's been interesting how did I find my first editor um um, yeah social media 
I don't mm. know how I must have stumbled upon her probably I probably asked for recommendations actually and yeah got a sample edit and thought yeah that that worked really well for the second book um I know we're going to talk about like the cost of editing in a minute but I just couldn't afford to pay what she was charging um mm. and I felt bad about that and I would have loved to have worked with her again but I just I couldn't afford it so I actually did a um a skill swap with uh, another writer who oh, that's so was working cool. on editing so I formatted her book for her and she edited my book for me <laughs> and I love it, that <laughs> yeah it really brought the cost down and I really needed it because obviously 2020 was mm. um challenging uh, for lots of people financially and then my third book so the person I worked with for my second book has stopped doing anything book related at the moment which is fine it's that's their choice uh so yeah, I've I've found someone else to work with. Um, again, doing skill swap <laughs> because keeping the costs down is really helpful. No, I re- I really like that. I wish we did that more in life. Um, so my editor, I work with Dion Winton Pollock. Um, we kind of met by accident. He was editing an anthology that I had a short story published in. So that's how we first met. Then we met in real life at the launch, the live launch for that book and became incredibly good friends. He is one of my best friends. I adore him. And now he's my editor during, during the pandemic. He went full time as an editor. So I like to support him in that. I'm I'm like, I either give the money to the tax man or I give it to my friend Dion and get, and get an edit done. Um, so we've only recently started working together constantly on books and we work incredibly well together because it's one of those things like if your editor is one of your best friends, you could, you know, it could be a make or break. Well, it could go either way, couldn't it? Yeah, yeah but because <laughs> we met as with him as my editor that's how we met I think maybe if we'd been friends before that it could have been a dodgy situation but I'd already worked with him as an editor so I knew that we just gelled in the way that he edits so so I think that that really shows that there are so many different ways to find editors um and I think a really important point is if you don't have anyone to use or you don't randomly stumble across someone through networking and stuff like that um that asking for recommendations is such a good way such a good way to find yeah. an editor and asking for sample edits from editors you yeah. do find to see if you work well with that person that's yeah. really helpful yeah. and, and it can say- be a long process as well to yeah. find the right editor you can i think recommendations are probably the best way because if you Mm -hmm. I mean if you know someone from social media for example and you know that they're an editor and then you hire them it then you don't know necessarily that they're going to be a good fit for you um or that they're going to be any good but if you actually get recommendations from other writers that you know and trust and whose books are of a really good quality then you can be a bit more sure you know so yeah okay So 
how do you work with your editor? What's the process and what kind of edits do they do for you? Because there is not just one type of edit. There is yeah. not. There are lots. <laughs> and I'll take them all. Thank you. <laughs> I need your help. <laughs> so let's very quickly run through different types of edits you can get. Some people will, you know, it differs ever so slightly. I've heard people talking about different edits in different ways but largely you've got um developmental edit which is where they kind of go yeah your story is great or no your story is rubbish you should kill this character off at this point it's kind of a story overview isn't it um line edit is exactly what it sounds like so it's getting down to like word order i suppose isn't it really um copy edit um, what's what's a copy edit what's you know difference? i've i've never understood the difference between line and copy edits. i have no idea <laughs> and I, we really should have like researched this before we started but um yeah. i'm pretty sure they're fairly similar they and are like similar them. and some people will do both in one mm. um but my understanding is a line edit is um is things like word choice and yeah um you know checking the details of the story the developmental edit is very much like an aerial view yeah. the line edit is down like in the weeds and then the copy edit is the nitty-gritty it's the it's you know the punctuation and grammar and yeah yeah and then of course you have proofreading which is done after all of those edits and it's just vital. To, yeah <laughs> and um there will still be errors <laughs> those typos are yeah they're like cockroaches they're hard to kill um i love that meme about the the best way to find a typo is to edit your book 65 times proofread it publish it and three weeks later you'll find a typo yeah glancing at a random page yeah 100 <laughs> percent. so when i work with my editor he he's pretty much does most of it um he'll do developmental edit especially on my last book because it was a freaking mess when I gave it to him <laughs> um but he also goes right down to line and copy editing as well and then after he's finished with it I run it through pro writing aid and that picks up because we work with track changes which I find I mean obviously it's really vital and really important for him as an editor but uh, I find the actual mechanics of using track changes mm. in the do the document. I find it really hard, and I'm so often ending up with line breaks in the wrong place and like opening um, speech marks on on speech, but no closing speech marks. But proof uh, pro writing aid picks that up. Thankfully, <laughs> thank <laughs> you. That's handy. Yeah, um, my editor is uh, line and copy. Um, I've never worked with a developmental editor. I've never felt the need to. Um, but I'm, I was thinking about it for my next book because it's a different genre-ish, different sub-genre, you know, um, that I'm a bit less confident in. So I did wonder about doing that. Um, but yeah, uh, so yeah, um, we, we use, yeah, we use track changes. Um, this is where sort of linking software thing comes in because I do all my writing in Scrivener, but my editor works in Word. So 
I have to export my manuscript, I use OpenOffice, um, which is, uh, again, a free open source version. Uh, Try not to give my money to Microsoft. Um, and yeah, and that's totally compatible. And so we, you know, we'll bounce the manuscript backwards and forwards. Mm. Um, she's very, very quick. Um, and she will give me suggestions. And I love reading her comments. They always make me laugh. Um, you know, and she'll say things like, as always, it's just, which is just a suggestion. <laughs> um, and yeah, um, and God, she's improved my writing so much. Like, just, yeah. You learn so much from editors, don't you? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I, I found that so important. But, yeah. yeah. My, my first book is the only one that she, she hasn't worked on. And because it's sort of the start of my primary series, it's still the book that I have to push. And I always feel self-conscious about it because I know it's not up to the same standard as everything else. And I got her to take a look at it for me. I was like, you know, can you, like maybe we could do, do a, a polish on this. And she looked at it and she was like, you know what's wrong with it. You could just fix it yourself. You don't need to pay me. And I'm like, yeah, I know, but. <laughs> oh, yeah. First yeah. books are never going to be perfect, though, are they? That's the oh, thing. No. And you can't continuously go back to them and no. fix everything. No. Yeah. Now, I, um, I went for, like, the full thing with my first editor because, like I said, I'd never written anything before. Um, I had no idea what I was doing. And so the developmental edit was really helpful. But for the, yeah, for the second book, second book, I kind of had um, less of a developmental edit, more of like a deep beta read because I don't use beta readers. Mm-hmm. Um, I find the developmental edit really helpful. Um, and the first editor I used, which was Hannah Bellman at um, Between the Lines Editorial, she... Um, she does like a, a manuscript critique, which is like a, a diet version of a developmental edit, which is obviously cheaper, which can be helpful. Um, mm. But I always use a different proofreader to the person who's edited. Yes. Um, because just as we kind of get tired of looking at the same story and the same words over and over, and that's why we miss stuff, an editor who's been working on my book will get just as tired and miss stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's why I get a a different proofreader at the end someone who's never seen it before will much easier pick up the mistakes yeah um but i do use pro writing aid as well like angeline does um but mostly before i've sent it to my editor so yeah mm. oh and That's i like google docs google docs is better than microsoft word and i sh- i normally wouldn't say that because i'm not a google fan but um I like that it's real time. You don't have to wait for a document to come mm-hmm. back. Like I've, with my second book, I sent 10 chapters uh, and then let them work on that section while I was working on the next 10 chapters, like self-edits. Um, mm-hmm. And then I sent those 10 and worked on the next 10 and sent those. And while they were working through all of that, I was going back through what they'd done from the beginning. And I don't know, it just worked really well. Mm. I just prefer it I prefer it to waiting around for one big load of edits to come hit you in the face you know oh it's a scary moment when it hits your inbox (laughs) exactly (laughs) but it is kind of weird watching it happen in real time because obviously google docs you can watch them typing stuff oh it is weird (laughs) yeah um yeah Yeah. 
So what are the important things to look for in an editor? Um, professionalism is is definitely a big one. Like you don't want an editor that never replies to your emails. Yes. Never gets back to you, you know, is because if they don't bother with that stuff, then how sloppy might they be with the actual edits themselves? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's really good and with it's a difficult thing to pin down but you just want to gel like the ways Mm. you work and like it it is really hard to pin down because it's one of those things you know like you don't want to get an editor who has like a person that you have a personality clash with Mm. but that's one of the things you just kind of have to find out along the way unfortunately yeah yeah and it's it's really hard to tell before you work with someone sometimes as well yeah um so clues I think would be in their style of communication you know Mm -hmm. you'll probably exchange a few emails um beforehand these days I don't know you might chat on zoom or something um before hiring them so check for rapport and that they're like if they if they've given you a sample edit which they should do I would say while you were in the looking for an editor stage uh, I would never hire an editor who didn't do a sample edit first um so check that the critique that they give you um it feels suitable if it feels too harsh or too gentle then they're probably not the right person for you or you can you know try telling them actually can you just just communicate slightly differently with me if they're not willing to adjust a little bit then they're not right for you yeah because everyone needs different things like some writers need serious tough love don't Mm. they whereas other writers need a bit of a gentler approach and Yeah. yeah so it's one of those things you just have to discover along the way with an editor Mm. Yeah. Um, and no, I it was something else, but it's gone from my head. So sorry, carry on. I think one of the things is um, realistic expectations mm. when it comes to editors. I think sometimes authors expect an editor to be able to bish bash bosh a book in like a week. And some of them can. <laughs> and I, I guess it depends yeah on the quality of what you've written Mm. Uh, no offense to anyone listening but like sometimes people you know might not send a particularly clean manuscript to an editor but I found with um with Hannah she was very clear about how long each step in the process would take um Mm. and I found that really helpful really for managing the whole project yeah yeah, I think definitely having realistic expectations, especially us impatient indie authors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah. every editor is different because, you know, my second editor worked so fast mm-hmm. and it was just, it was done. Um, yeah. But I guess that's, that's just something you find out when you actually do it. It's not necessarily something you find out beforehand, which is unfortunate. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Okay, so what are the costs of editing? So we're talking about realistic expectations. Um, (laughs) And what do you do if you can't afford an editor? 
so this is one of the pain points as Brits we don't really talk about money very often mm-hmm. um, <laughs> but it varies cost of editing varies and it varies hugely like if you're looking for your first editor the you you're going to be astounded by the sheer difference there is um I write quite short books so my novels hit about 50,000 words tops so um which is cheaper on editing generally yay um (laughs) so I I pay Dion um I hope you wouldn't mind me saying this, but uh, for um, one of my novels, I pay him a thousand pounds. And the wonderful thing that he does is you can pay in installments up to, you know, so when you've paid your final installment, that's when you get the manuscript back. So while I'm writing the book, I'll be paying him every month. you know a quarter of it and then when I finish the book I pay the final installment and then send him the manuscript um and that's something that he's decided he wants to do for authors who do struggle to find because it's a big lump sum to find in one go um and you can if you publish slower you can spread it over a much longer period of time and even if you're not actively writing a book, you can still be putting into like your editing pot with him. And that's something that he decided he wanted to do to help out people who couldn't afford an editor. Yeah, it's not cheap. I mean, my, my I work with editors in America rather than the UK. And I made that choice because... <laughs> Don't throw any stones at me, but I decided to write in American English instead of British English. And I did that because I knew that was the market I was aiming at with this genre, with this book. Um, My character is American, so it just kind of fit. So I thought, well, really, I need an American editor. And I'm glad I did because I definitely put some Britishisms in there. Mm. (laughs) And they're like, yeah, no, you can't write that. (laughs) So, um. Yeah, the, the cost aspect of that has been interesting with the uh, exchange rate. Um, I mean, it, it's tricky generally. Like I know for my formatting business, working with people in Australia, they've had to say, sorry, I can't work with you this time because the exchange rate is so terrible. Mm. So you do have to take that into consideration when you're working with someone overseas. Um, but yeah, it's it's costly. But I, I went the full hog with my first book, like I said, because I didn't know what I was doing. And it probably it cost me over two grand, two thousand yeah. pounds. Um, and that's why I couldn't do it again a second time, because, yeah, like you say, coming up with that amount of money. And I, I haven't made that money back on my mm. first book yet. I'm hoping I do eventually. <laughs> that's the plan. But, you know, it was a necessity. And I am glad I did it because like I said again I learned so much from Hannah um and it's I an investment a lot. yeah it is I learned a lot about my own writing and where my drawbacks are all of that kind of stuff and um ultimately working with her gave me the confidence to carry on writing yeah. books um so yeah it was it was worth all the pennies spent mm-hmm. definitely yeah but doing a um 
doing a skill swap was also very helpful <laughs> mm-hmm. I think that's such a good idea yeah 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 I mean you will sometimes see like in the Facebook groups and stuff people you know will say I'm looking for my first editor what kind of ballpark figure should I look at and you'll get some correct sensible people coming along saying it depends mm-hmm. um but you'll get an awful lot of people just throwing numbers and mm-hmm. when you look down that list and see the variety it can be um shocking um people will often try to say you get what you pay for and if they're cheap they're not any good but you know as we know that's not always the case it's not always the case of cover designers and it's not always the case of editors um I the my editing costs have come down and down and down so the, the very first book that Zoe edited for me I think she I can't quite remember I think she charged me about 450 pounds um and now she only charges me her proofreading rate because I give her such clean manuscripts which I'm only able to do from having worked with her for so long it's not you know I don't mean to like be bragging or anything it's just it's just just the way it's gone and she's kind and we've got that long-standing relationship so and she knows what to expect when I email her and say I've got something to send her so um that's definitely not something you should expect out of the gate with a new editor (laughs) um so yeah I mean like my last my last novella I think I only I only paid something 50 pounds might have even been less I think um yeah yeah, the her um way of charging what did you say she charged by the hour like how long she spends on yeah I see I think that makes a load of sense yeah um I do the same I do the same formatting I charge per chapter rather than per words because the chapters are the time intensive bit Mm. like the chapter header pages and all of that Mm. so the more chapters they are the longer it takes yeah Yeah. so I think yeah doing it that way is great yeah and just you know the sheer number of words in the manuscript doesn't necessarily tell you how much work you need to do on them no. you know mm-hmm. and just by definition if you're charging by the hour a longer book you know will take you longer therefore you're still going to make that like you as the editor is still going to make the appropriate amount of money but if it's a really clean you know like if if you send an editor a 150,000 word epic fantasy but it's pristine you've already done a really thorough job editing it yourself maybe you've used something like pro writing aid in addition to your manual edits and everything and it only takes them four days then that's what you should be charged for whereas someone you know a brand new author who's never written anything before could send a 50,000 word novel that's a total mess and takes the editor three weeks so you know it's not about it's not about the length of the manuscript, it's about the quality. Um, and I think um, Dion, doesn't he, he won't work with someone if they're not ready for an editor, right? He'll say, you need to, you need to do some more, more work on this before you send this to me. I think he told me that once. Um, that, that sounds like the sort of thing he'd say. <laughs> <laughs> Bless yeah. him for taking on Stedyard, which really was a mess. But let's talk about what if you really can't afford an editor because this is obviously a passion point for me when people say that you absolute 100% need an editor and should not ever publish a book without having a professional edit done it's very good advice and it's very well-meaning advice 
but it comes from a place of privilege. It comes from the privilege of people who can afford an editor. Some people simply cannot afford an editor. Um, when I say I've only been working with Dion quite recently, that's because the only books he I have had professionally edited are the last two books that I have published, the last two fiction books that I have published. Because yes, there are going to be gasps and shocked faces, but several, several, all the previous fiction books were not looked at by a professional editor because I simply couldn't afford it at the time. I can now, so I'm changing that. But you know what? As an indie author, I can go back and I can send previous books to Dion and have edits done. If they're big edits that totally change the story, then I can put out a new second edition of that book. Or if I wanted to, I could take the opportunity to retitle it, recover it, do a whole new relaunch with it because we're indie authors. So we have that flexibility. So if you absolutely cannot afford an editor, please don't let that be the reason that you are kept silent this is this is a hill I will happily die on. History has silenced marginalized voices through throughout the whole of human history. Marginalized voices have been shouted down, edited out and told to shut up and not given a forum. We live in an amazing time right now where anyone can get their words out there. And please, please, please never let your marginalization be the thing that stops you from publishing. There are lots of things you can do if you cannot afford an editor. Julia has already given you a fantastic one, Skill Swap. Brilliant, brilliant idea. You can work with other writers as critique partners. You can get really, really good beta readers. And I have, I have fantastic beta readers who I've been working with for years and they are so blooming eagle-eyed on, um, errors <laughs> that I'm, I, I don't know how they do it. They spot a lot that I miss. Um, and those are things that you can do. You can use programs like Pro Writing Aid, which is going to be a heck of a lot cheaper than getting a professional editor. There are things you can do. You can also work with editors such as Dion, who I work with, where you can pay in instalments. There are ways around it. There are things you can do. Please don't ever let socioeconomics be the reason that you don't publish because you can always go back and have those books published at a later date when maybe you can afford to have that done and you can relaunch them. So that's the wonderful thing about being indies. So please don't let socioeconomics or any other form of marginalization keep you silent and keep you from publishing please yeah, yeah. the world needs your voices amen to that mm -hmm. and I think the um the writing community on social media are so keen to help each other out mm -hmm. um, and to be to read for free so it's not like you necessarily have to pay beta readers um, no no especially, I've never paid a beta reader yeah especially no. if you make meaningful connections with people in the community so don't just like you know, join Instagram and then go, right, who wants to read my book kind of thing. You know, you have to go on yeah, give. and make friends. Make sure, um, <laughs> and give as much as you get. So yeah. if somebody beta reads for you, you beta read for them. It's, it is a skill swap. 
yeah mm-hmm. yeah okay that's my that's my rant for the day oh I liked it <laughs> I liked it it was great thank you <laughs> okay. um so preparing your manuscript before working with an editor because yes we've already mentioned that editing can it won't always but editing can be a lot cheaper if you have a very very clean manuscript that you're giving them not a mess like I did sorry Dion um (laughs) pro writing aid you can do that before you send off to your editor and beta readers if you are if you find good beta readers please keep hold of them send them cake be nice (laughs) there there are alternatives to pro writing aid there's also grammarly grammarly uh hemingway editor Ooh, uh, auto crit there's mm. there's lots of different ones out there obviously um grammarly is i talked about this on last week's episode but grammarly is free for mm-hmm. spelling punctuation and grammar but if you want kind of more in-depth edits like pro writing aid will do you pay a monthly cost and it's not much so yeah pro writing aid also has a free version um but it's hugely restricted mm. um but it is there you can use it so you yeah. can certainly try before you buy. And you mentioned before about listening to your manuscript be read out in a monotone voice. I did mm. that with book two and I found it so helpful. And like yeah. just little things that would come up, like someone was watering planets instead of watering plants. <laughs> I always remember that because it makes me laugh. <laughs> Especially because I write sci-fi. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, that I think that's an essential, whether you read it out loud yourself or whether you have a screen reader do it hearing it out loud I think is always my number one tip I still think when you read it out yourself I still think if I'd have read that out to myself I would have read watering plants yeah because because the brain just looks at the word and thinks I know what that should say do you know Mm. what I mean whereas you know to listen to this monotone male American voice reading my book (laughs) and it's like watering watering planets and I'm like what that's you you've convinced me I, i'm gonna try that with my next book then yeah no it's <laughs> it was it takes a while but it's worth doing i'd say mm. um but i do think reading out loud is helpful for like tightening up your dialogue and stuff oh definitely mm-hmm. yeah i i when i write my dialogue i i'm saying it out loud i mm. act bits out i do yeah. all different voices and funny faces <laughs> <laughs> that i would like to see <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm totally convinced on the reading out loud thing as well, because I've been um, doing a sort of narration of um, The Hidden City, one of my books for my patrons and reading it out loud. I'm spotting things. And this is a book that started out as three separate short stories for anthologies. So it went through their editor and their proofreader. And then when I compiled it into a novella, it went to my editor <laughs> And I'm finding things as I read it out loud. Like I said, you know, you, you yeah, you find these things after the, the book is published. Yep. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it's, and it's not because it's not the things that it's not necessarily things that would get picked up normally. It is, it's reading it out loud. It just, you know, makes a sentence go, oh, actually that's a bit awkward or yeah, just so I'm convinced I'm going to do it for my future books. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And just to clarify, the read aloud function is um, available on Microsoft Word. I'm sure there are other ways of doing it on 
the internet, <laughs> but Microsoft Word does have that functionality. So yeah, it's um, I don't know if LibreOffice does that. Um, to be honest, pass. I'm not okay. entirely certain. I would have we'll look to look that, it up. Yeah. But if you, I know if you convert it to PDF, I have had my mobile phone read me PDFs before. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm sure there are many ways. It just takes a little bit of technical know-how. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So do you need an editor if you are querying? So if you're not going indie, um, you may assume that if you're going to get a traditional publishing deal, they'll have an editor. It will do all that for you. But is that true? <laughs> well, I, I mean, that see, is true. But <laughs> I've heard different things about this. I, I have, have heard people, including agents, say that, no, you don't need an editor. Um, because obviously, yeah, once your manuscript's picked up, it's edited by someone you don't want to pay out beforehand. Probably numerous times. Yeah. But at the same time, I've heard other people say getting an editor to look over your work can be really helpful and give you a better chance of your manuscript being picked up by an agent. So, yeah. yeah. One thing I recently saw in a forum that seemed like really good advice was paying for an edit on the first few chapters. So the sample that you send out, just getting that edited. Um, because, yeah, you want to send your best chance of picking up an agent and a publisher is by your book being as good as it can be. Mm. Um, but you don't want to waste like thousands of pounds on an editor when it's going to be edited and pulled apart by their editor anyway yeah um i think it's a judgment call yeah it's gonna it's gonna vary on a case-by-case -case basis isn't it depending yeah. you know if, if you can afford to do that and you want to do that and it makes you feel more comfortable then go for it ultimately um and you know you may you may get it edited and you know, query it for a while, but it doesn't get picked up. So you end up self-publishing it anyway. And mm. well, there you go. It's already edited. So yeah. It's, yeah. And also, I mean, you could always, yeah, try querying. And if you're not getting any traction, try getting an edit and then querying again and see if it's made a difference. So yeah. Okay. So our final point to consider are editor accreditations and qualifications are they important good question <laughs> it was I'm... your question fine um... actually i wrote it down oh, was it? Sorry. <laughs> i'm just gonna sit and let you two answer it <laughs> i think if i was looking for an editor honestly i wouldn't even notice mm. um obviously i haven't been through that process of going out and looking for an editor because i just happened across one through life um you know like you do <laughs> <laughs> but I honestly don't think that I would notice but you know I don't know because I I have a an honours degree in writing does that make me a better writer am I a better writer because I have a degree in writing honestly I don't think I am um I don't think it makes a difference to my writing at all that I have a degree in it at all. Um, 
I honestly don't think I'd notice. I don't think that's something that I would factor into my, these are things I want to find out about them. No. I, think I wouldn't think about it. I, I just think there are more important things. I think their communication style and their professionalism are just more what I value, but we're all different. And if it's important to you, then it's important to you. Yeah, 100%, no judgments. Yeah. <laughs> um, anything else that you want to say about editors, Julia? No, I just uh, left you two to answer that question because I, I didn't know how to answer it. <laughs> yeah, you just threw in a question you didn't know. Yeah, I'm to. like, come on. Yeah, that's great. Um, so speaking of which, questions that you don't know the answer to, let's move on to our would you rather question for today, which is editing related. I've <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually managed an editing related one. Um, so would you rather be completely unable to say please or thank you and I mean actually physically you can't say it not just you choose not to say it like my kids um <laughs> so would you would you rather be completely unable to say please and thank you or be completely unable to say your own name see it is, it is vaguely related to editing oh that's <laughs> tricky <laughs> oh yeah, I've, been, I've been puzzling over that one today I, okay, as always, I have questions. <laughs> <laughs> you always do. There's always well, like, because, but what you know. This? Okay, am I allowed to like write them down and hold up a sign? Ooh, I don't, I don't know, actually. I think <laughs> you could. You'd look uh, like or, an idiot. Or am, I, or am I allowed to like, yeah, do um, sign language or spell it out like letter, like letter by letter? And so people are like, oh, what's your name? And I go... J-U-L-I-A and they look at me pretty weird but it's okay <laughs> I think I'm going to allow that I'm going to allow all of those options because you'd look kind of stupid <laughs> I would go I would go with not saying my name then because I think I say thank you and please more than I say my name so yeah there you go yeah yeah I'm I'm gonna I'm just so English on this I'm really sorry <laughs> like it's manners are important man oh they um, are and you know like I would <laughs> I would rather someone not know my name than they think I'm rude mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. so like totally um yeah and in fact if if I'm rude I'd, I'd rather they didn't know my name so um <laughs> yeah yeah I yeah yeah, see, I've been thinking about this today, and I think there are ways around not being able to say please and thank you. Like, could you kindly could replace yeah. please? I really and, appreciate that. Yeah. So I think there well, are see, ways. I didn't consider that aspect. Yeah. There but are there... ways you can talk around it. And by the fact that this weekend I'm going to be at an event where <laughs> I'm speaking on a panel, <laughs> being able to say my name is quite important. <laughs> And of course you could use a, you could use a pen name if you were using a pen name you'd be covered oh that's a loophole <laughs> it is, is a loophole, loophole but as i publish under my real name i'd be kind of screwed <laughs> <laughs> they'd be like right can everyone introduce themselves i mean like, no. <laughs> i can't guess my name just hold up a sign yeah <laughs> do semaphore yeah it's fine. <laughs> That's a good one, though. I like that. It's good. 
Yeah, you raised some good points there. I might have to change my answer. Yeah, I think I think I have to say I'd rather lose the please and thank you because I think I could talk my way around it. Yeah. Yeah. You might you might sound like you're in a like a Bronte sisters book, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As I'm currently... That's not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, as I'm currently working my way daily through Downton Abbey. Um, I, I wouldn't mind sounding a bit more <laughs> like I'm from that era. That could be quite do cool. you do you find when when you're either reading a historical book or watching lots of historical stuff that you start talking like that? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Only a little bit, not all the way. <laughs> no, but it does. It's like when you put when when you wear nail varnish and you hold your hands differently. Mm. <laughs> Are you? Only while it's drying. I do, 100%. It makes me hold my hands totally differently. And like whenever I wear a long skirt, I'm like, I'm totally like a heroine. In <laughs> when you hold the laundry basket on your hip. Yeah. Like instantly peasant girl. Yeah. <laughs> a whole persona comes out. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. So, um, that feels like it's been a beast of an episode. I'll it really see does. When I open up the editing software. So, um, just a reminder of our question of the week What do you look for in an editor? And remember that if you want to hear all the backstage stuff and get all of the other benefits, you can join us over at patreon.com forward slash unstoppable authors. Don't forget to share the podcast online and tag us on social media. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just search for Unstoppable Authors. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Unstoppable Authors podcast. We'll be back next week with more of our tenacity and worldly wisdom. Don't forget to visit our website to get the show notes and heaps of helpful blog articles at unstoppableauthors.com. And join our guild of unstoppable authors and you will not only hear from us every week, but you will also get a free digital copy of my book, 30 Days of World Building. If you enjoyed the episode, please remember to subscribe and leave a review.